This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your sous chef, Franklin Proctor. Hello Franklin. and good morning. Yes. Good morning. The wow. undergardener. The we undergar- like to think of you as well. <laughs> the sous chef of the garden. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, oh boy, if you're heading in an easterly fashion, I would be getting those sunshades out there. Or no least, kidding. There's some really glowing orange thing in the sky. <laughs> I haven't bl- seen that for a while. It blinded me this yeah, morning. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. Getting lighter later lately. <laughs> hey, well said. Yes. Do that again. <laughs> it's all... You know what that's from? The, the old Trouble with Tracy show uh, that Di started yes. <laughs> many moons ago. And you learned all her lines for I, her. Well, some of them, yes. yes. Like, I want more money. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been practicing <laughs> that, I hope. Oh, dear. Anyway, here we are on a Saturday, what, 5th of Feb. That's right. Happy and, February uh, to everyone. Yep. And I better repeat the phone lines here for repeat folks. Repeat or and just say them for the say first them time. for the first time. <laughs> well, it could be a repeat from last. <laughs> I had a radish this morning. I keep repeating. Okay. 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto listeners, okay? Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Call early, call often. One question per call. Mm, well done. Oh, thank you. And uh, yes, indeed, we are here to talk about gardening. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to that time of year where there's a lot of stuff going on. This is just, there's activities all over the province. Yeah. Now, I did mention quite a few last week. Uh, many of the ones I mentioned last week haven't happened yet. Uh, so, for example, tomorrow at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is having their meeting at 1 o'clock. Now, on Tuesday, this is a new one, Scarborough Garden and Hort Society General Meeting, Tuesday, February the 8th at 7.30 p.m. It's a free lecture presented by Angie Menon on, and this is the topic of her, her, her uh, garden talk, container gardening ideas for everybody, including people without gardens. Well... There you go. <laughs> so, container gardening ideas for everybody, including people without gardens. So, I guess that refers to those in condos and balconies and rooftops. This The um, Scarborough Garden and Hort Society meets at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. Guests, of course, are welcome and refreshments are included. Uh, what else? Well, the Burlington Horticultural Society is taking place. Their meeting is taking place on Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., and the topic there is perennials and how to make your garden more interesting. Why are you smiling? I'm laughing about my hydrangea. Your hydrangea, that's right. Your hyacinths, you mean? Oh, is hi- oh geez, I blew it again. Hyacinth. <laughs> well, the thing, you the thing it was a is so tall, it fell last over. Week. It fell over. Well, it's so heavy. It's so top-heavy because it, it's got such a monster flower. Well, it, and but I think it was planted sideways. <laughs> I really do. The... the 
<laughs> it's on an angle. Yeah. But yes, but have you turned the pot? Uh, no. Right. So the plant will always lean towards the light. And, and, and I think Dickens, my cat, might have gotten that. Oh, too, and then so. there's that too. Yes, there's that too. So cat, I'd be surprised. Do you like the, the aroma of your hyacinth? Yes. Very nice. It's very, very pretty. Nice. Yeah. Um, my cat is, it's that time of year, cats and houseplants. Yeah. They do come together in January, February. And I'm never really sure why, but there's something about the green and the cats and they just need to start chewing and, you know, they can't get outside and chew grass. So my houseplants become fair game for my little guy, Carter. And, uh, to try and save my houseplants, I planted some cat grass. Now, I'd highly recommend this for anybody who has an issue with cats and, mm-hmm. and houseplants because I'll tell you, my hibiscus is looking really bedraggled. It's all chewed on the edges. <laughs> like, it's just a mess. And so I planted some grass for him. Now, it's not yeah. real grass. It's oats and wheat. So, you know, you've wheat grass. Have you ever had that green liquid or, or just the idea of sprouts? Okay, yeah. It's yeah. all very healthy. It's full mm-hmm. of all kinds of, you know, great vitamins and nutrients and minerals. Very fine, fine grass. It looks it? like yeah. lawn, really. Yeah. And it's really simple little kind of a, um, what I do is I buy this, it's like a bag of vermiculite with the seeds all mixed in and you cut, you slice open the bag, you pour water in, you walk away for a couple of days, then you open the flap and sure enough, there's all this grass growing. So I put it down on on a tray down on the ground and my cat just loves it. Oh yeah. He lies in (laughs) it. What's his name now? Carter. Carter. He lies in it. He chews it. He he throws it around. He just, it's the best thing. President Jimmy Carter. Well, no, he's a sports cat. A sports cat? Yes. So he... he, Well, he's got to be happy. The Leafs won, uh, Raptors uh, won. Raptors won, I know. But you know what? He's really a baseball cat when it comes right down to it. He's (laughs) best at baseball. He can hit, he can catch, he can leap. He's he's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Fielding is great too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. His <laughs> eye-hand coordination. Oof. Well, I guess it's more eye-paw coordination, but it's very good. <laughs> we, I always thought he'd be a basketball cat, but no, he's more baseball. Oh, okay. I guess if he had a, to join a team, that's what it would be. All right. More announcements oh, later throughout the show because we do have lots more to talk about. And so do keep your calendar out. Things, More things to mark on your calendar. But before we go to our first break, I do want to yeah. just mention uh, Sierra Sil is a, yes. a product that I like to talk about. It's, um, you know, winter, cold, stiff joints, uh, you know, it's not a lot of gardening going mm-hmm. on, but there's certainly other things we want to do, whether it's keeping fit or shoveling snow, oh, yeah. whatever the case may be. So I use Sierra Sil Joint Formula 14. It is a mineral uh, that is, I take a, a supplement every day, and it just keeps keeps me a little more limber. I know mm-hmm. my mom swears by it. Dolly. Dolly. Yes. Frisky Dolly. You, Frank, <laughs> Elliot. So lots of good anecdotal information about this being something that does keep us pain-free and active. For more information, call one joint 14 Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor, your sous chef of the garden, uh, 416-360-0740 for Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And let's say good morning to Shirley in Stouffville. Good morning, Shirley. Hi. Hi, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. At Christmas, I received a small or oval-shaped wicker basket of fruit. Mm -hmm. Now my fruit's all gone, Mm -hmm. and now I'd like to plant some ivy in it. Mm -hmm. What would I line it with first, and what kind of soil would I use? How big is the deep is the basket, roughly? Uh, Maybe 
six, eight inches. Oh, wow. So it's plenty, plenty of depth. Okay. What I would do is I would first off line it with a double layer of plastic. Just, you know, a nice, sturdy plastic bag. Uh So do that because, you know, you do not want the wicker getting wet. It will just rot. Now, you know, and and I'm sure all of our listeners know, that when we're gardening in any kind of a container, it's important that there's proper drainage because it's very easy to overwater plants in containers. You know, the water just sits in the bottom. So it's good that you've got that kind of depth. You know, six or eight inches is wonderful because what I would do is put about an inch of gravel in the bottom carefully after I've put that plastic in. Oh. Then fill the whole thing right up to the top with a good quality fresh potting soil. It'll usually be a soilless mix, but it'll be a medium that's designed for container gardening or pot uh, growing. Oh, okay. Okay, and then just get your ivy. You may have some ivy on hand that you can just take some cuttings, root the cuttings and, and, and stick them into the soil or pick up some little tiny, you know, the little small starter plants and pop them in two or three plants and uh-huh. let them grow. Yes, yeah, see, I already have, I have them now in water. And oh, perfect. Rooted. Yeah, yep. oh, good. perfect. So I thought it looked nice in here. That would be great. And, and re- what, what would you put in after the plastic? What kind of... Just gravel. Now, it's a bit hard to get gravel from outside at this time of year, but you can buy very small bags of gravel oh. at, at your you know, local home store or garden center. Or small pebbles. Exactly. Actually, yeah. It's just small pebbles. Often they're orange, kind of that terracotta look, yeah. or they could be uh, white marble chips, they call them. Just something that's large and aggregate where the water can can trickle down through and sit in that gravel if necessary, and you're unlikely to have roots down there, which will rot if too much water builds up. Oh. Okay. Well, and I only. Thank, I thank you very much. You're very let, welcome. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Charlie and Frank. Okay. Thanks, Shirley. Have a great day. Bef- yeah. Before mm. you jump into the next call, yeah. I just want, just want to say, you know, the, the real rule here for all of us with any indoor plants is always don't, you know, use your finger. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid to Test. stink, stink, stick <laughs> your finger <laughs> in the soil to ensure that it is time to water. Avoid overwatering by feeling the soil, I think, is the, the other mi- mantra. You just missed the greatest rule of eyes from our producer, David Gaskin. I'm sure. Hey, stink, what? Oh. Oh, what's she talking no. about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, David, by the way, is the first voice you will uh, hear when calling in. Jackie from Shakespeare is on the line. Good morning, Jackie. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question on the plant I believe is called the mother-in-law's tongue. Mm-hmm. I don't know the real name. The, re- the real name is Sansevieria. Sansevieria. S-A-N-S-E-V as in Victor, E-R-I-A, Sansevieria. Oh, Okay. Mother-in-law's tongue is a good yeah, name, though. You I... should see Frank's face. What is a mother-in-law's tongue? Um, is it is it bright red and look angry or what? No, it's no? dark green, sometimes with yellow oh, edging, geez. but it's it's very firm. Stands mm-hmm. like a little sentry in the pot, oh, okay. and you Beautiful, can. But my my problem is, mm-hmm. I have about it's in a twelve-inch diameter pot, and the pot is a clay crock pot, mm-hmm. about eighteen inches high. Mm-hmm. But I have about twelve of these tongues, or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. eight and a half feet high. Oh, my. And the, the majority of them are around five to six feet, and they're starting to fall over. Mm-hmm. What do I do? So you said do it's about cut them off? eight, no, you don't want to do that, eight to ten inch pot. Is that what you said? No, it, it's in a pot that's 
uh, 12 inches in 12 diameter inches. and 18 inches high. So, and it is a heavy terracotta pot. Oh, yes. So, the whole thing is top heavy because of the height of those, uh, those Sansevieria or mother in law's tongue. How long have you had them in that pot? Oh, forever. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting, they have very small root systems. They're probably, that monster plant is actually quite happy in that size pot. So the question is, how do you keep the whole thing from falling over? Sometimes what we do, and it's good you've got it in a nice heavy pot, so that's the, the first step, as opposed to a lightweight plastic pot. Sometimes what we'll do is we'll take, <clears throat> excuse me, it could be kind of attractive river rock, you know, the um, rounded, smooth-edged rocks, yeah. and lay them, just a layer, on the surface of the soil, uh, on the pot, in the pot, just to add a little more weight to the pot down low. I don't think I can do that. Yeah, it's also it's so full of plant, isn't it? It is so full. I have to use a water meter in order to check the level of the water or whether it needs watering. Because you can't get your finger in no, there. No, I've had that long water meter that I have to stick in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really full of plants. I mean, logically and, and properly, every plant does need to be repotted and given fresh soil preferably every three or four years. Mm -hmm. Now, it's mm -hmm. sometimes we leave Sansevieria in the same pot for 20 years, mm -hmm. and then at some point it does start to, to suffer. Is there any possibility you could get a bigger pot and transplant this guy up to a bigger pot? I, have, I suppose that's what I'd have to do. Mm. It's in a big room with a um, cathedral ceiling and skylight. Oh, so, so I think you have the room. Because we're coming to the time of year where all the garden centers and all the home stores are really going to start bringing in all those amazing big planters and clay and ceramic pots that we use outdoors in the spring and summer and fall. And so it's a good time to be looking for a bigger pot. If you're working with something that's 10 or 12 inches, I mean, maybe it's time to go to a 14-inch pot. Uh, and now transplanting this is going to be tricky because, of course, you're going to have to lay the whole thing over on its side. And when it's eight feet tall, you need a lot of room to, mm -hmm. to lay that out, pull that, that old pot off. And with your fingers, work away some of that old soil. You may do some root trimming if there's any kind of rotten-looking roots. Okay. And then you obviously need help getting to the next, you know, have the next pot ready, the soil ready, moist in the pot, but then you're going to need help lifting that big eight-foot-tall plant up, placing it into the new pot no deeper than it was, right? So it's yeah. going to be fairly high in the pot, yeah. and then stabilizing it while it gets growing some roots. So it's, I will often use a few stakes, in it, you know, a couple of bamboo stakes, some string, you know, whatever you, you have to do to kind of stabilize it. Don't move it for about six months while it gets some, uh, some roots growing and it gets a little more comfortable in the new pot. Okay. Would you like to help me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send Frank over. That's yeah, why I have oh, a sous chef. <laughs> I am the I am the expert to hold the plant up guy. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm, well, I'm laughing, but honest, my, my my plant has it fallen over, right? Yes, the your, your hyacinth. My yes. hyacinth, also known and, as a as a hydrangea a and a chrysanthemum. Beautiful pink. Uh, uh, flowers on it, mm -hmm. but I had to use an elastic around to hold the plant up to the one mm. good thing that was standing still. An elastic. Still. Well, yeah, because otherwise it just phew, falls An elastic? Flat. Yeah. Not an elastic. You, you, the idea is to use something <laughs> soft. <laughs> I mean, if it's a big plant, we use a pantyhose. When it's a small plant, like your little hyacinth, then we just use a little piece of, of soft wool or string or something. 
Gee, Jack, I don't know that I'm going to be very much help to you either. <laughs> An elastic. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, it really is, it, and it works. You're part of that bondage crew. I guess. It's like I go to people's homes, and they've got the plants tied all over the place. It's like, stop tying your plants bondage up. Bondage crew. Some people really believe in bondage when it comes uh, to plants, I find. They right. just tie them all up. Don't do that if you don't have to. Okay. Prune the plant. Well, of course, in the case of the hyacinth, it's a short-lived thing anyway. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be your, your biggest trick with the Sansevieria. <laughs> Sorry to go off on that, that uh, Shirley, but um, just the uh, just getting it stable in the pot. Okay. Good right. luck to you. Let, it, let us know how you make up with it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Okay. I really enjoy your program. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All righty. <clears throat> uh, let me repeat those phone numbers, and I can repeat them now since I have given them once. 416-360-0740 is the uh, Toronto line. And then anywhere else in the province, toll free, one 866 740 And we shall return momentarily. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations, and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor along for the ride here as the sous chef of the garden. <laughs> and we welcome you to our, uh, our program, uh, Charlie Dobbin, Master Gardener, ready to answer a question coming in from Yvonne in Toronto. Hi, Yvonne. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I love your show. Thank you. You give lots of good information. Good. We try. So <laughs> well, we're not this, being silly anyway. I have this little fir tree that I bought before Christmas, <laughs> and I'm going to be going away for a month, and I wondered if it was going to survive while I was away inside. Okay, so you're calling it a little fir tree. <clears throat> it's a little green. It looks like a little uh, pine tree or a little yeah. evergreen, yeah. but it is an indoor plant? Yes. Could it be called a Norfolk Island pine by any chance? Mm, gee, I'm not sure. Or do you have any idea what it's really called? Or is it? It's just one of those little pine trees that you get at Christmas. At Christmas, and it comes yeah. in a sort of a tin foil, like it's all kind of fancy little bottom. Now, it could be a little juniper or a little cypress, because I do see quite a lot of those out uh, mm. at Christmas time. Um, it's a, the reason I ask is because there's hardy plants and then there's tropical plants. Mm -hmm. And sometimes at Christmas time, these will be small little baby plants that are actually hardy enough that in the spring we can take them outside with the intention of leaving them outside forever and ever. Mm -hmm. Others are, <clears throat> excuse me, tender plants that we can take out in the spring, but of course we must bring in prior to the, the winter coming again because they'll die in the, right. in the cold. I so, think this is pretty hardy because it doesn't take much water. Mm -hmm. I water it um, every other week. Mm. But it seems to be, I mean, it looks great still. Good. Okay, I and don't want it to die while I'm away. While you're away, and there's nobody you can, you can put in charge of this plant for that entire month while you're away? Well, I might be able to, but I just wondered if I could leave it in the house. And... Well, the trick, if you are going away and you want to try and keep things alive and you aren't going to have anybody coming in to, to do any watering for you, and you mentioned this is a plant that seems to do fine with, you know, kind of bi-weekly watering mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm couple of things you can do before you go away. One is, I imagine you have this plant in a fairly sunny location in your house because yes. it probably likes the sun. It's like a sauna in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what you're going to want to do before you go away is get it away from all that heat and sun, okay. which means it will use less water. Okay. So even if you're leaving the curtains open while you're away and, and the, the home will be flooded with light when the sun is out, just have that plant further away from the window so it's, it's a more indirect light that's getting it rather than a bright, hot sunshine. Okay. That will lower its, its uh, water um, use. 
as well. Obviously, we typically turn our thermostat down when we go away so that you'll keep the home cooler. Again, that will lower its water usage. Two things you can do as well to help it get through that whole month. One is give it, obviously, a very thorough watering before you go. Of course, you don't want to leave the plant sitting in a big bowl of water because then it, it could rot. It's just not a good thing to ever have plants sitting in, in a bunch of water. Right. But one thing you can do is get a hold of, of some sphagnum moss, moss, or, or even just use, frankly, you could use a, a baby diaper for this. You know, it's that the idea is it's that something that holds water mm-hmm. uh, and diapers have that gel inside them that do just that. Right. And and you your plant right now is in a pot with drainage holes. So, yeah. so you get yourself a, a larger over pot. Okay. You sit that diaper in that big pot. Then you take your 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 f- little fir tree that's got the drainage holes and you sit that on top of the diaper. Okay. Then you water very, very thoroughly. The diaper, of course, is going to swell right up and and hold a bunch of water, but it won't be liquid water. It'll be water held in this sort of gel capsule. Mm -hmm. The the little pine tree or fir tree, whatever it is, sitting on top of that will be able to utilize that water as necessary without actually sitting there underwater. Okay, great. And sphag moss does Mm. the same thing. You know, just a a nice big clump of sphag moss all the way around that pot with the drainage holes. Right. Is, is a way to hold water close and, and without it being survive, liquid. Can I put it outside in the, in the summertime? For think? sure. Once we're frost-free, you yeah. can introduce it to the to the real world slowly and carefully, starting in the shade. Is it going to grow like anymore? Like it's about it's about a foot high now. Yeah, it's hard without actually knowing exactly what it is. Yeah. Hard to say for sure. Uh, if you want to take a photograph of it. If you have a, access to a digital camera mm-hmm. and email me a photo, I'd be happy to look at it, and then I'd be in a better position to tell you what I think it is. Oh, okay. And I can tell you and, and tell all of our listeners what that my email address is quite simple here at the station. It's my first initial C mm-hmm. and my last name Dobbin, so mm-hmm. C-D-O-B-B-I-N mm-hmm. at am740.ca. Excellent. So cdobbin at am740.ca. And that's always, for, for really asking for yeah. proper, um, you know, recognition of what that plant is, I'd really need to see a photo of right. it. Right. It's got really skinny leaves, like real skinny stalks, and mm-hmm. it looks like a little Christmas tree, but... They're very sweet, and if yeah, you keep, no, if it's happy it. and and it's you know exactly staying happy right now, then let's keep it alive and do what we can to keep it happy and alive and to get it outside because it'll certainly everything's happier outside in the spring and summer right, than even inside. Us. Even <laughs> us, exactly. <laughs> that vitamin D does wonders. That's right. Well, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Thank thanks you, for your Yvonne. call. Right. I think I had a million Bye-bye. dollar idea. You know, uh, <clears> when you're seeing you're in hospitals and they roll people by and they've got the the bags hanging from the a uh, little stand. Yeah, the IV stands, the IV I think stands. they're called. Yeah. So you have a small IV bag, that, and you set it to a very, very slow drip. So then you can go away for a month. What do you think? Well, actually, there are... Well, yeah, you didn't just invent that. There are... Um, well, I know, but for this purpose, Well, see. there's these kind of... It looks a bit like... Um, you know the floats that they use, fishermen used yeah, to use those yeah. glass floats mm-hmm. for their nets? And so it kind of looks like that. It's like a round glass ball with a very, like you're saying, a, yeah. almost like a pipette type um, ending on it. And you fill those up with water, turn them upside down, and you stick them in the soil of your indoor plants. And as you're saying, the water very slowly. Well, is someone just stole my idea into the, already. Into the soil. So it's amazing how fast. 
people are onto it. You there know? are some. There's a whole bunch of actually real little tricky gizmos <laughs> that you can use, which is a good point yeah. actually that Yvonne could look further into. Yeah. I remember I picked one up one time at Canada Blooms. It was a new product, and it was that gel, that same stuff that's oh, yeah. in the diapers. Mm-hmm. It was this gel. It was in a almost like a test tube, if you will, and had that probe, you know, hollow probe. And same thing, you jam that into the pot. And it just slowly releases the Releases water. the water, came out of the gel as the soil dried well, down. it wasn't as crazy as I thought No, no, there, no. Are, there are all kinds of, like, sort of funky little ideas, particularly if you can't trust anybody to look after your plants, which is yeah. often the case for many of us. Yep. It's hard to be a babysitter for people's plants. They get killed more than anything by the babysitters. Is that right? Oh, yes, neglect. Oh, no, it's usually the other way around. They're so worried that they're going to kill them, they they kill them with too much love. (laughs) Well, we got to put the love on the air here. Kathy is calling in from Oakville. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. I'm calling in about uh, amaryllis bulbs. Mm -hmm. I have one that I accidentally or or couldn't find for a couple of years (laughs) when I brought it out. Um, it had um, actually had flower buds on it, just just above the bulb. But then when I brought it up to water it, uh, those bu- uh, buds drooped over, but now it has very big, thick leaves. Mm-hmm. Do I just uh, keep it watered lightly and then eventually put it out in the spring and, and hope for flowers next year? Exactly. And so the, it actually had flower buds that emerged but didn't actually open? Yes. They mm. didn't grow. They didn't grow. They just kind of popped up out of the bulb and then the, keeled over. They were already out of the bulb when I brought it out, out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, boy, great. I'll Perfect timing, yeah. And uh, it'll, it'll come. But I had forgot. I could not locate it. I put it somewhere in the basement. I couldn't locate it last year. So <laughs> it's been down there for a while, then. Yeah, and I thought it had died, but the the bulb is solid, and now it has these gorgeous green yeah. leaves. They're oh, about four. Yeah. Four feet long. Excellent. Well, you are obviously got it in a great spot. It's getting lots of sun, and you're yes. looking after it properly. And that's exactly what those green leaves, why they're growing and what they're doing right. is, you know, they're, they're taking very little energy out of the bulb to grow, but they're adding tons of energy into the bulb for the future Okay. Uh, by virtue of the amount of uh, photosynthesis that they're doing and, you know, carbohydrate that they're actually right. uh, creating from sunlight. And then I have one from last year, a mm-hmm. bulb from last year. It, it too, is very firm, mm-hmm. but there's no sign of any growth on that whatsoever. Oh, no really? No leaves, no nothing. And you've get, you watered it once? And I've, I've, I've kept it moist. Okay. And um, it's in the west window where it gets lots of sun when we have it. Okay. Be careful with the keeping uh, something moist when it's still dormant. Okay. Because that bulb, when you first bring it up out of the basement or out of the cool root cellar, it is just a bulb. And that really all we do is we water them once. And okay. we, we put them in the sun as you did and the warmth. And we don't typically water them again until we start to see some growth. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of a kickstart getting the, the warmth. The moisture and the light is right. typically a kickstart. If it doesn't start growing, it's very easy to rot the bulb with too much moisture always sort of packed around it. The plant is not using the moisture if it's okay. not growing. Right. 
Right. So be careful that that hasn't, if anything, I'd be inclined, the one that you, you see no growth on at all, I'd be inclined to tip that sideways, pull the bulb out of the pot and take a look at it, smell it. Yeah. Uh, if it's smelling uh, soggy and swamp-like, that's not a good sign. It indicates no. that there is some, some rot setting in. Um, if it okay. still smells like fresh soil, then don't worry about it. Just put it back in the pot, back on the window ledge. Let it be. It will it will start to grow eventually. Something's going to sort of make it grow. Even just that pulling it out of the pot sometimes will kind of wake it up, oh, okay. and give it a bit of a jolt. With the other one, absolutely continue to treat it as a house plant. Water as necessary. Get it outdoors in the in the summer. Let it really grow on the summer if you can before you bring it in and proceed to force it into dormancy, you know, round about September. And, of course, put a little post-it note on the fridge as to where you've put it (laughs) in the the basement and what date to bring it out. Uh, And, yeah, don't hesitate to to give it a good, you know, eight to ten weeks dormant and then bring it back out. And it should flower. Right. Now, if, when I put it out, do I plant it in the garden or just in the pot? Either. Either, either one. one. Okay. Um, people have success with both. I mean, obviously in the pot, I think it's easier because mm-hmm. then you just pull the pot up. Right. Give it a little scrub and you're into the house versus digging and, you know, doing yeah. a certain amount of root manipulation, finding a pot, getting some potting soil, jamming it into another pot. Right. So uh, it's, it's certainly simpler just to keep it in the pot. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks Kelly. so much. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Kathy. 938. Right, Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show from AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Um, let's see. Do we? I guess maybe we could take another little break here. Um, and I'll repeat the phone numbers just uh, before we do, and then come back and have a chat with Malcolm, who's calling in from London. Uh, let's see, 416-360-0740, and the number I presume that uh, Malcolm has called, one 866 740 That's our uh, long-distance toll-free line. And we'll be back in just a moment. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Hey, hello and good morning once again. Frank Proctor along with Charlie on this February 5th. A nice, bright, shiny day out there. Mm -hmm. As we welcome Malcolm from London. Good morning. Good morning, Malcolm. Hi, Charlie and uh, ex-Londoner Frank. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My question is, I have a so-called miniature pear tree, which is about 15 to 20 feet high. (laughs) It blooms, it has pears on it, and then before I can get them and eat them, they drop to the ground. Why do they drop? Do you do any kind of um, uh, maintenance spraying of your pear tree? No. And you find that they virtually all drop? Yeah. Hmm. And when they drop... What how, what do they look like? Do you cut into them, take a look at them? Uh, they look fine. Oh. They look like pear trees, but they're not ripe at all. They're oh, just... they're still really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trick with pears is, you know, the, the ripening. Um, okay. First off, this spring, if I were you, when the tree is still dormant, but the temperatures are above zero, I would be spraying that miniature dwarf pear tree with something called dormant spray. Dormant spray is a 100% organic, most important spray of the entire growing season when we are growing things like fruit trees and roses and some of the plants that are just more susceptible to insect and disease infestations. So, dormant spray. It's oil. It's a mixture of horticultural oil. It's a light oil. 
and you mix water with that, and there'll be lime sulfur as part of this mix as well. So it'll smell like rotten eggs, which is your sulfur, and the oil, of course, is oily, and when you add your water, you get your mix all set up, you must continue to agitate to keep it all as emulsified as possible, and spray thoroughly. Now, this is on a dormant plant, so there's no leaves, no flowers, nothing. The plant is completely dormant, so you're spraying the bark, really, and what you're spraying for is overwintering eggs of insects and spores of fungal diseases that may have overwintered on the plant. Okay. And that's likely going to solve a lot of your problems. There doesn't seem any fungus or insects in the pears. They just just drop. Well, but that drop is, I mean, pl- fruit trees will drop fruit midway through the growing season at, in response to um Actually, it's, it's, nobody really knows how they know to do this, but they'll often do it because they'll bear too much fruit. And then the limbs all get broken because of the weight of the, the fruit. So quite often plants will self-prune, if you will, or, or self-do uh, wow, a drop yeah, of a lot of fruit. But you're saying this is happening more towards the end of the season and it's happening sort of across the board. It's like one, one windy day they all drop off. No, they just... They drop during the during the summer, I guess. The you know they flower and it has pears and they drop. Yeah, <laughs> so they kind of sporadically like. sporadically drop. Yeah, I mean pears are one of those things that it's hard to leave them on until they're soft. Like we do tend to have to. Um, pick them when they're still quite hard and ripen them on the counter. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you, if you try and leave them until they're soft, then they are mush. Like it's sort of, they ripen and then they're mush all in a matter of about an hour, I think. So <laughs> pear is one of those things that you really do have to kind of monitor, keep keep track of, and, and uh, be ready to harvest when they are still quite hard. But at the same time, do you know what kind of pear it is? Like, is it uh, a Bartlett by any chance? No, I don't know for sure, because yeah. I've had it for so long. For and so then... long, yeah. Well, would it work the same, Charlie, with, uh, say, as tomatoes? When you're trying to ripen a tomato, my, my wife die, puts them in a, a brown paper bag, and, and it, uh, you know, they, it hurries the ripening process. If that, would that work with a pear uh, or no? Yeah, you can, of course. Yeah. yeah, and you know what that is. That's that ethylene using a very natural gas called ethylene that's coming off of the fruit, mm-hmm. whether it's a tomato or mm-hmm. a pear, and putting them all together in a paper bag uh, just helps concentrate the ethylene oh. around. Okay. the fruit and then it speeds up the ripening okay. uh, and so that can help if they're coming to, you know if they're dropping or you're you're harvesting hard and just not edible at all then that's uh, certainly a good idea but the leaves look fine on the plant you're yeah. this the bark looks good yeah, there's no everything was good black sootiness or anything like that no okay and like you say when you look inside the fruit you're not seeing any brown or tunneling or anything like that no 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 uh, no fungus or or animals or anything like that Hmm. Or insects, I should say. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good because, I mean, pears, there are a number of, of you know, insects that do some pretty slimy things on pears. <laughs> you would notice. <laughs> yeah. You would notice on the, on the tips of the growing tips of the plant or on the bark or obviously anywhere you'd notice spots or tunnels or whatever in the fruit if there was something like that going on. With that dormant spray, what, what was it again? It's called dormant spray. So that's what it's called? Yep, dormant spray. It's okay, sprayed so it's on dormant plants. And you'll find it at a home, you know, like any anybody who's selling plants in the spring will sell dormant spray. Okay. It's often in a box called a dormant kit with two separate bottles of liquid in the box. Okay. The one bottle of liquid is the oil and the other bottle is the lime sulfur. And then you just need a sprayer uh, to do this. Now you can do the little, if it's, you can't do a little handheld Mr. Gizmo because your tree is way too big. So do you have something like, a hose end sprayer? 
something you can attach to your hose? Oops, I think we lost him. We lost him. He He said bye-bye. So if he's still listening, though, but yeah, hose end sprayer is the way to get something like that onto a large tree. And that's just setting a little dial on top so that you've got the right concentrate of chemical being mixed with water as it goes out onto the tree. Thank you, Malcolm, from London, Ontario. Uh, I being an ex-Londoner. I know, I love that. Yeah, People know where you've lived, eh? They're Uh, right on top of you. My creditors, uh, they have me nailed. (laughs) Is that what it is? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I always think of you as, you know, Uxbridge, Goodwood, Well, no, I started in London. London, Ontario is my Uh, hometown. Oh, okay. Way back, (laughs) as my kids would say, before the phones were invented and (laughs) dinosaurs still roamed the earth. I just got choked up there thinking about my old (laughs) hometown. Yes, I did. I was president of H. Bibble Technical High School, yeah, of the student council. Were you? Yes. Which one? Which school? H. Bibble Tech. I took printing in high school. Printing? As yes. in printing? No, no. Oh. Machinery. Uh, the platen press. The press. I used to operate the platen press. You learned that in high school? I did. Hmm. Yes. And cool. Then I, I took a job in printing for, I think, three weeks. I was feeding lead slugs into a melting pot, and I thought, Maybe. this ain't for me. No, no. <laughs> And I got into radio. <laughs> <laughs> Just a media hound right from I the beginning, though. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Gee, we have uh, Robin on the line from Toronto. Oh, oh, tree dying? Let's see if we can help here, Charlie. What's going on there, Robin? Um, Charlie, I have a, um, a tree that has been potted. It's uh, a Jamaican Schifflera, mm-hmm. and it's being potted for, oh, it's got to be at least 35 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very large, mm-hmm. and I am finding that it looks to me like it is slowly dying. Mm-hmm. And my question is, is there any part of it that I can take off and try to root and then plant again? The tree was my mom's, mm-hmm. and when we first got it, it was about a four-inch um, um, part. Yeah. Now it's, like, massive, but I can see that the leaves are drooping, and they are becoming brown, and they are falling. So hmm. I'm wondering, is there a lifespan for a potted tree? Not really. What's probably limiting the life of that plant in that pot is the age of the pot, the lack of soil, because it's probably 98% roots inside that pot and very little soil at this point. And that that is very tough for the plant. When you look at it, can you see soil on the surface? Like, is there a... Um, you know, a good layer of soil, or is it, has that dropped quite a lot? Well, um, it's been repotted mm-hmm. at least three times. The mm-hmm. last time was four years ago, and I bought a very large pot, mm-hmm. and we put two, three very large bags of soil in it. Mm-hmm. My one concern is this pot that I have is one of those pots where they say there's a place that's place at the bottom where the water will congeal. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's just too much water in there and maybe that's what's killing it. Could be because it's great that you did that repotting three years ago or four years ago. Have you ever gotten a hold of one of those things called a moisture meter? 
you know, no, it's, I, it's a big long probe. It's about maybe 18 inches long, got a little dial on the top. Actually, no, I haven't. And yeah, now they're available, again, any garden center, any home center, particularly now as we're starting to get into the gardening uh, activity, you'll see these things coming in stock everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a handy item with very large indoor plants because it's not like you can pick up that pot to feel the weight. No, you e- can't. And even no. if you stick your finger in, you're only going to stick your finger down, you know, half an inch or an inch. And you need to know what the moisture levels are like down a foot yeah, in that yeah. pot. And yeah. that's where the moisture meters are just a godsend because it can really tell you what you can't possibly know. That little probe goes down and right away it registers on the dial to tell you, you know, dry right through to wet and anywhere in between. Because yeah. Yeah. Oh. that could be your problem. The other thing is you said, you know, is there any way you could propagate this plant? Yes, you can, but it's not a super easy thing to do. Okay. It's it's called air layering. Have you ever heard of air layering? Actually, no, I haven't. Okay. So air layering, just quickly, because it's a, it is the kind of thing you, you want to Google this because you'll be able to get a real step-by-step instructions on the web. But okay. the trick is it's, a chafleur is not something where we can take a cutting and expect the cutting to grow roots and then move that into a new pot. It's not that simple. Instead, what we do is we'll use a very, very sharp, almost a razor blade type, type um, tool. We'll, uh, along the stem, one, there's multi-stems, obviously, so we're talking about six inches from a tip or eight inches from a tip on one of these stems. We'll score or slice into just, uh, you know, in, in about a, a millimeter, score the, the um, bark, the green bark of those stems. Mm-hmm. Then we'll get some nice moist sphagnum moss and wrap that around the stem. Mm-hmm. Then we'll wrap plastic around the sphagnum moss and tie it top and bottom so that it looks like a kind of a little sausage roll. And the, the sphagnum moss is covering the spot where we scored with the blade. And what will happen is that over approximately about a month, um, where we've cut the bark, the plant starts to grow tissue. And if we give it the moisture of the sphagnum moss, the tissue that grows there, instead of just being scar tissue, will actually turn into roots. And then you will have a little plant there up on the tip, you know, sort of eight inches from the tip. Once the roots start to grow, you'll take your your scissors or your knife and you'll sever that piece right off and it'll go into a pot, roots, and you know, at the bottom and new growth at the top and there's your brand new plant ready to go. But that's how you best propagate. It's not that hard to do, but I I would recommend following some step-by-step either through a good book or off the internet. So if I were doing it on the internet, what would I Google? Just, uh, air, just air layering. Air layering. Yep. Okay. There are some very good sites that have very good information. Um, and actually, right after we get off from you, I will give you a. Well, even you could write this down. Finegardening. Dot okay. com. Okay. One word, Fine Gardening. Fine Gardening is a, an amazing, excellent magazine out of the United States with great writers, oh. great photography, but they also have a very good website. Okay. So if air layering comes up and fine, uh, on finegardening.com, yes. go there because they have a little video. Okay. Uh, they have lots of good... They, they even have on that website pronunciation. So if you're not sure how to say the name of a plant, you know, all these Latin names can really throw people for a loop. Mm -hmm. Fine Gardening has an audio library of all the plants, thousands of plants. Click on a name and it'll say it for you. (laughs) Hyacinth, I can hear it now. There's a lot of, like, um, um, a lot of stalks on the plant. And I notice that if you take your fingernail and just rub it on it, 
they almost look like they're there's no life in them. Mm. Like they aren't green. Mm-hmm. They're just and even if I had to cut one of them off and it was it looked very dry. Okay, well, like I said, use that moisture meter as your first indication of what, what might be going on, and in a worst case, consider pro- you know getting some pieces off of it before the whole thing goes down. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks so Thank much, you, Robin. Robin. Thanks very much for your call, and I do listen to your show every weekend. Thank well, you. Lush, you've got very good taste. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> really Frank, do. we've spoken many times before, so... Well, that's nice of you to call. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Now, we have, just to, before we catch our next caller, a, a word or two from our fine sponsors, one uh, that you in particularly have a close association with. <laughs> yes, that would be the, the Sierra Sil people. Yes. And uh, the fact that Sierra Sil is a mineral supplement, and... It, the idea is that for most people, they will see a difference if they take mm-hmm. Cerasil daily within 14 days. If you don't see a difference, money back guaranteed. Best way to get hold of Including shipping. Pretty easy? Very easy. one joint 14 And we'll be back with the darling of the daisies, the goddess of the gourds, right after these words. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef, as we're uh, looking at the the clock here. And my golly, that show has just moved right along, hasn't it? Where does the time go? I know. So, sous chef, that mm-hmm. reminds me of Seuss, S-O-O-S. Guess what that stands for? Seuss, I don't know. So, Southern Ontario Orchid Society. Ah, Aha. okay, all right. So, and their website is Seuss, S-O-O-S dot C-A. Next weekend, if you're at all available to be anywhere near the Toronto Botanical Gardens, I would recommend that you make a point of checking out the huge, huge orchid show that's going on all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Believe it or not, there are over 30,000 orchid blooms in the, the TBG next weekend. 6,000 square feet of orchids on display, orchid plants, orchid supplies, Photography, guided tours, on and on and on. It's just, it's a real, it's a real event. Adults are twelve dollars cash only. Children twelve and under are free. Visit their website for a two dollar off coupon right wow, now. S O O S dot C A. Wonderful show. If you like orchids, it's the place to talk to. You know, the experts are all there. The other thing that's going on next weekend on Saturday is the Brantford CD Saturday. Remember, we, we were talking about this last year. Yeah. CDs, their, their very first one was last year. I think it was quite uh, quite successful. So it's from 10 to 3 next Saturday at St. Jude's Church, which is the corner of Peel and Dalhousie in Brantford, uh, as well as a seed exchange, because that's what a CD Saturday or Sunday is. It's an exchange of seeds. So I had some great tomatoes last year. I saved some seeds. You had some great, um, you know, Columbine. You give, we do an exchange of seeds. So there's also speakers. Uh, that we'll be talking about the Grow Gourmet program. There's Native Grass Speaker, Community Gardening Project, Earthworm Casings, Castings, and the Brantford Parks and Rec Department will be there. There's rain barrels for sale as a fundraiser for the church. So lots going on next weekend in Brantford and in Toronto. Okay. All right. Now, I didn't even get to all my email. I know. It's too much. Uh, We ran out of time. (laughs) Well, anyway, it was fun, uh, as usual. Of course. And it had some really terrific Mm. questions from the uh, the listeners. All over Ontario. Yeah, it was a real uh, diverse section we we pulled from. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you to all those great callers and your great calls. Thanks, Dave. 
Thanks, Frank. Stay you guys tuned are the for best. It. Well, bless your heart. You're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dave's Corner Garage coming by in just moments here at AM 740. And I'll see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.